Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, and happy Friday. Hope you're having a good day wherever you are in the world. Aiden Kloon disappeared on April 28th. Dylan Rounds on May 28th. Kylie Rodney on August 5th. And now Jolissa Fuentes on Sunday, August 7th. And those are just the missing people whose cases I've covered over the past few months in 2022. Tragically, there's a never-ending stream of missing persons cases. More than 600,000 people go missing annually in the United States. 22-year-old Jolissa Fuentes of Selma, California, has joined the club of vanishing human beings for the moment. There's still hope, however, that she's out there and able to come home to her loved ones. Julissa Fuentes is five foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. She's a Hispanic young lady with long brown hair, luminous brown eyes, and a vivacious personality. Listen to how her mother, Norma Nunez, describes her. I wanted to start this out by asking you, tell us a little bit about Julissa. Jolissa is vibracious. Jolissa is very family oriented. Jolissa is beautiful, beautiful person. She's gutsy. She cares about her family. Jolissa is the light. Jolissa is our missing link. Yeah, she's 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 your bubbly. Although she disappeared right around the same time as Kylie Rodney. Jolissa hasn't garnered the same amount of attention. Jolissa went missing just a four-hour drive away from where Kylie vanished and a mere four hours after Kylie vanished. And while it's clear that the two cases are unrelated, it does underscore how certain cases capture the public's attention while others get relegated to the back of the shelf. But finally, things are changing for Jolissa, and her name is coming into the limelight. On August 25th, 2022, the guys from Adventures with Purpose began searching in the Pine Flat Lake and Avocado Lake area for Jolissa. This area, which is 37.5 miles northeast of Selma, is of interest for two reasons. One, because Jolissa's phone last pinged near Avocado Lake, and two, because Jolissa often goes there when she needs to unwind and find solace. It's her go-to place for tranquility. She frequented that area after a dear friend of hers was killed in Selma three years ago. AWP was able to clear Avocado Lake on August 25th. Today, on August 26th, they're headed to the Pine Flat Lake Reservoir to look for Jolissa. Her story is similar to Kylie Rodney's in that she disappeared after attending a party. She took a different route home than the one that leads straight back there. Her cell phone last pinged near a body of water, She has a silver vehicle, and her iPhone 
went dead soon after her disappearance. Now let's take a trip through Jolissa's actions on the day of the gathering and the day of her disappearance. Our story actually begins around 8 p.m. on Saturday, August 6th. That's when Jolissa arrived at her best friend's family gathering. Along with the friend's family members, there were four non-family members at the gathering. Jolissa enjoyed hanging out with the best friend's brother and his girlfriend, who were also in attendance. According to Jolissa's parents, Norma Nunez and Joey Fuentes, Jolissa works six days a week for a family member, and she would never miss work if she could help it. Jolissa appears to have had a work-hard, play-hard attitude because she stayed at the friend's family gathering until well into the early hours of Sunday. Sometime between 3 a.m. and 3.30 a.m., her best friend, who'd gone to bed earlier, came out to wherever her brother, his girlfriend, and Jolissa were, and she chastised Jolissa for being too loud. Jolissa, who may have been embarrassed and angry for being called out, ended up leaving her friend's house right afterward and driving away into the darkness. Note that the family and law enforcement have spoken to all the people who attended the gathering, and they don't believe any of them have anything to do with Jolissa's disappearance. And Jolissa was later captured on a surveillance camera at a gas station. So she definitely left the party, and the partygoers were not the last people to lay eyes on her. Although her family says she wasn't a big drinker, no one seems to have any information as to whether or not she was inebriated when she left her friend's house. The best friend has said that Jolissa departed at 3.30 a.m. Right around that same time, Jolissa called her brother, Joey. According to Jolissa's mother, Norma, Jolissa told Joey that she was taking off from the gathering. She asked Joey where he was. He told her that he was with a friend at the Denny's in Fresno. Jolissa then told him that she was going to go to the store and she'd be right back. Jolissa's mother doesn't believe that she was planning to meet up with her brother at the Denny's. She also doesn't believe that Jolissa was depressed prior to disappearing, so a self-harm scenario is unlikely. Jolissa had about 30 minutes to drive from her best friend's house to the residence in Selma that she shares with her grandmother. Once home, Jolissa ran inside, grabbed her beloved Michael Kors backpack, which she uses as a purse, and then left for the local Arco AMPM gas station near Nebraska and Highland Avenues in Selma. At 3.59 a.m., Jolissa arrived at the Arco gas station, where she was captured on a surveillance camera. The grainy footage shows Jolissa getting out of her car, going into the store, and purchasing cigar-rolling papers. It's presumed that she purchased the papers to roll a blunt. Jolissa was known to smoke marijuana from time to time, and she kept a stash on hand. Thus, she didn't need to visit a dealer that night to buy it, and the family doesn't believe that Jolissa smoked marijuana laced with fentanyl, 
She'd already smoked some of her supply, and she hadn't had any problems. Some people have observed that Jolissa appears agitated in the surveillance footage, and she does seem to whip her car door open and then slam it shut. Perhaps this was down to a foul mood sparked by her friend letting her have it. As she drives out of the gas station parking lot, Jolissa strangely turns left, which is westbound. She should have made a right and headed eastbound, because that would have been the direction home. This would be the last time anyone clearly saw Jolissa and her 2011 silver accent. Jolissa's family believes that she likely headed left so that she could go to a place they call the Orchards. The Orchards are agricultural fields in the area. This is Central California, where orchards and fields are as plentiful as the oranges and lemons that grow in the trees. Jolissa often goes to the orchards to smoke and unwind. A little later, Jolissa ends up doubling back from the orchards, and she drives through Selma, where she stops at a Bank of America. The family knows this because it was the last location that appeared on her Apple Find My iPhone app. What's strange is that her parents say Jolissa doesn't bank at Bank of America. So what was she doing there? Perhaps using their ATM? After driving through Selma, Jolissa continues on to the nearby town of Sanger. Note that per the family, Jolissa always drove on back roads instead of highways. A girl after my own heart. From Sanger, Jolissa headed to the Avocado Lake slash Pine Flat Lake Reservoir area. According to Norma, Jolissa would often go to Avocado Lake by herself. In fact, it wasn't unusual for her to head to any and all remote locations nearby alone and late at night. Um, I don't know which one. He just said he was in Fresno. He was with his friend, um, yeah. his good friend. So he said that he was in Fresno and, not, and that he couldn't, you know, he wasn't by, close by there. So she goes, okay, I'm going to go to the store. I'll be back. Because my first thought when somebody said that she went through Sanger, I was like, what if she was trying to go to the Denny's, you know, like, because you know how it's right there oh. on the border of Fresno and Sanger? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, they have said that she has gone to Avocado Lake before. And yes. I was telling I was telling Zav girl that growing up there, I have ended up at the lake at four or five in the morning with friends um, to mm -hmm. hang out, smoke and stuff. Mine was usually Millerton because it's the other way, but you know, same stuff. So it doesn't seem abnormal to me. But would she go out there alone? Yeah, she would. She would go she out would. there alone. Yeah, she would. She would go she out would. there alone. Yeah, she would. Um... She liked going into, like, these desolate areas. That's why we were so focused in the country. Right. At first, we were, because um, she would, like, go into these, um, you know how you know how the country has, like, a lot of the orchards and, yeah. you know, like, little hidden spots. You know, I'm pretty sure when you were young, people would, like, you know, we'd like to go hang out at those places. But, yeah. like I said, Jalissa was very gutsy. Um, Around 5.25 a.m., Jolissa tried to FaceTime with her sister, Irene. 
She tried a second time just a minute later at 5.26 a.m., but Irene was fast asleep at her friend's house in Los Angeles. Irene didn't hear her phone ring because it was charging in another room. Since then, Jalissa's mother, Norma, has asked herself over and over, why did she FaceTime? Did she want to show us something? Was something wrong? Apparently, law enforcement has surveillance footage of Jalissa driving back from the orchards, but they've not shared it with the family or the public. There's a 30-minute window when Jalissa was off-grid, and no one knows exactly what she was up to during that period. Is that when she smoked the blunt? Is that when she drove to the Bank of America? If so, why was she at a bank at that hour? Did someone intercept her at that point? It's unclear if any money was taken out of her account from an ATM at that bank. The family has also stated that Jolissa was not on any dating site, so it's unlikely she had plans to meet up with anyone. By late Sunday night, Jolissa's family knew something was very wrong. They were adamant that Jolissa being out of contact with her family for that amount of time was not normal, and they reported her missing that same night on Sunday, August 7th at 8 p.m. Note that Jolissa's phone pinged on the morning of August 7th, but the phone later appeared to be off. Sadly, law enforcement did not hold a press conference about Jalissa's disappearance until Monday, August 22nd, which was 15 days after the 22-year-old went missing. You have to wonder why Jalissa's disappearance didn't warrant a press conference before that time. It seems to be the same story we hear in other cases, where the police don't take the situation seriously until long after the person vanishes, at the time when it's most critical to track down a missing person. Within, say, the first hours and the first day of them disappearing, law enforcement is often unwilling to admit that something might be very wrong and to put any resources onto the case. Investigators believe Jolissa's phone traversed the city of Sanger and went up through the Avocado Lake and Pine Flat Lake Reservoir areas west of Selma, where they have searched and continued to search for any sign of the 22-year-old. Jolissa has not left a digital footprint. She hasn't engaged in any online activity since her disappearance, so no social media, no visits to ATMs, all of which make it difficult to follow her trail. Authorities have sent search warrants out to social media and other online platforms to see if they can glean any more information regarding Jolissa's location. Selma Police Chief Rudy Alcarez said that investigators are treating missing Jolissa Fuentes' disappearance as a criminal matter. He said, and I quote, There's nothing overtly that leads us to believe that a criminal act occurred. However, Ms. Fuentes has been gone for a long time, and this is not normal behavior for Ms. Fuentes. So we're treating this as a criminal matter, 
end quote. Julissa's family started searching for her right from the jump. They were out in force by the Monday after the gathering, going through the orchards and fields surrounding Selma. They've done grid searches on foot. They've also knocked on every house along Nebraska Avenue in Selma that has a camera to ask if they have footage of the road from early Sunday morning. An Indian woman who lives in a large mansion in the area showed the family her camera footage, which indicates that Jolissa didn't make it as far as that mansion. The only vehicles going by this woman's house early Sunday morning were trucks. So that tells the family that Jolissa did not travel that far. The family has now expanded their efforts throughout Fresno County. According to law enforcement, they've spent 288 hours searching the area since Jalissa's disappearance, using 16 off-road vehicles and covering 1,740 ground miles. The Fresno County Sheriff's Office has been combing through the remote areas near both lakes on the ground and by air using a helicopter. But because the area is enormous, there's no way they've covered every square inch. And because this is the first time Jalissa's family has had a loved one go missing, they aren't adept at organizing grid searches, and they're feeling lost. If Adventures with Purpose has no luck at Pine Flat Lake Reservoir today, it may be time for EquiSearch to bring their searchers and expertise to Selma. The family is desperate to hear their loved one's voice. Those were the voices of her parents, Norma and Joey. There's a $10,000 reward for information that leads to Jalissa's whereabouts. You can share credible tips with Detective Richard Figueroa of the Selma Police Department at 559-891-2243. There's also a GoFundMe named Bring Jalissa Home Safe to raise money for the many searches and to help pay for a private investigator that the family would like to engage. I'll leave information for all of this in the description. Jolissa was last seen driving her 2011 four-door silver Hyundai Accent with license plate 8MPU766 and tinted rear windows. Jolissa again is five foot three inches tall and she weighs two hundred and twenty pounds. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Now do me a favor and hit that like button. Please subscribe if you're not yet subscribed. Also, there's now a new way to give thanks and support for the work I do here at Bed Crime Stories by using a super thanks in the comments. and 5.25 a.m. That's about an hour and a half after she left the gas station. This is my flock. 
my worst week ever of my life. We're desperate. We need my baby back. So if somebody knows where she's at, please let her go. If you know anything, please let us know. For now, her at the latest. And pray for strength. The Fuentes are praying for good news. We've been here for the past five days searching. On Saturday, Jalisa Fuentes' loved ones carried out another search for the 22-year-old missing woman. Trying to find anything, any, anything that, any belongings of my daughter, whether it was her purse, her, her, any of her clothing, her car, and I hate to say it, even my daughter herself. Jalisa was last seen at this AMPM at Highland and Nebraska Avenues in Selma last Sunday. Here's surveillance video from that day. Jalisa pulls up at 4.04 a.m. She buys a cigar and she's back in her 2011 silver Hyundai accent by 4.06 a.m. But then she drives off and makes a left on Nebraska Avenue. Her parents say she lives with grandma and she should have made a right turn to go back home. We don't